Hello and welcome to Business on Track, a podcast for business owners who are wanting to save time, earn more and grow faster with their marketing. My name is Sanjay Soisa, and in this podcast, we talk to business owners who have achieved success in finding the right balance to become the happy entrepreneur they always wanted to be. So, so I've, I've, I've been doing a business uh, training course uh, called Key Person of Influence in, in 2000. And um, I met pretty amazing people in that forum. And one of them is uh, Tracy Sheen. Um, she's, she's pretty funny. She's very talented. And um, I really clicked with her and, and everything she had to share because I have a little bit of an IT background. And she's a bit. She's a bit of a geek. I, I don't. I hope it's. Uh, she doesn't. You don't mind me calling you a geek, right? <laughs> and and then and she's helping people to uh, with technologies and uh, all the rest of it. I'm pretty sure she's going to explain a lot more. Um, how are you, Tracy? Thanks for coming. G'day, Sanjay. It's so nice to be chatting to you. Yeah, Tracy. Um, so I just wanted to ask you. Um, very quickly one question about this word technophobia i can see your book just right behind you and um and i've that shameless I've, self-promotion <laughs> and i've I, I haven't had a chance to read the book because um it is in the process of sending to me i i heard this morning so but i've seen the table of content and i i looked at it and i'm like this is great like i said i have a little bit of a IT background, so it makes sense to me that we, sh- as business people, we should all read this book. So, mm. tell me about uh, technophobia. What's uh, what's this book is all about? Yeah, so technophobia is something that we've been seeing, kind of also known as the digital guy, gu- digital divide. So it's this this real chasm that's opening up across business in Australia between the people who are early adopters or who understand the value of technology in their business and they're prepared to invest time, energy and money in getting systems in place, in looking for tools that they can use to improve their business. And then on the other side of the chasm are the people that I call the technophobes, that they're the ones that are the self-confessed, you know, oh, we've always done it this way. I still have, you know, post-it notes around my desk and um, I, I don't want to try anything because, like, you know, what happens if I get it wrong or there's so many different options out there. So the easiest way, I guess, I find to describe technophobia is really how it manifests in a business. And it manifests really as choice paralysis. So they'll identify they need something, but then they look and they go, oh, my God, there's so many solutions out here. I don't know where to start. So they do nothing. Um, Sunk cost. So they'll go, oh, well, I've already got this system in place and it's kind of doing, you know, a bit of what I want it to do, but I've already invested so much time and energy into it that, you know, I just need to keep going with this thing. Or the hassle factor where they just go, man, it's so much of a hassle to just figure this stuff out and put it in place. So that's really what technophobia is to me. So what's the first step someone should take just to get all that, like, I know there's a lot involved, but what's the first step? What's what's when you recognize them ready to take action? 
Yeah. So I always start with a digital strategy or digital audit. So, you know, as business owners, we it's really funny, right? Because we have a business plan. We have a marketing plan. We'll often have a financial plan. But when it comes to our tech or our digital solutions, it's been piecemeal. We've kind of, we've found this thing, we've added it in, we've, you know, got this and mates recommended that. And when we look at it, it's like a patchwork quilt. None of it makes sense. So I always start by taking a step back and really auditing everything that you've got in your business. And that's from hardware right through to, you know, tools, apps, software, what's the team using, how are you using it, how well are you using it? Once you've done that, typically what I see is that people can kind of identify one big thing that they would like to change in their business, Mm. and that's where we start. It's not about transforming the whole business and throwing everything out and suddenly bringing in all of these tools. It's about small steps, one thing at a time, get a quick win, understand how it works, understand how it fits, put the next thing in place, put the next thing in place. That's uh, that's that's a really good answer because um, I had a my my personal experience. I had a client. I um, I was actually just having a chat to do marketing with him, and I just realized there's a, there's a huge thing holding him back to focus in my to to what I have to say. So mm-hmm. I had to get that one out out of the way and help him figure that one out first before I mm-hmm. start doing my pitch. Um, so it's so true what you said before. Uh, you always have to just look at uh, look at what they already have and see where you can actually start and um, and give them a little win first and That's then awesome. start working on things. Uh, great. Now, Tracy, you know I'm going to be um, biased on on this one because I, I do marketing, so I'm just going to ask you questions um, around marketing and uh, and technology. Now. You know, so what are some of the tools you can use in a business, uh, in marketing space to um, earn more? So, you know, um, let's start with earn more. So what mm-hmm. sort of uh, marketing tools can you use in a, in a business to earn, you know, get more profitability out from, from a business? You know, I always, my big win for any business is to implement and use a good CRM. I think if if your business has a good CRM in place and you're using it, you can't help but be more profitable. You can't help but increase your productivity. You can't help but increase your lead flow. So that's my big overarching, get yourself a good CRM and use it. You know, it's designed to do exactly what you just asked, you know, about increasing um, profitability and things. But, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, finance tools and things that you can use. Whatever cloud computing service you're using for your accounting program, whether it's Zero Mile, QuickBooks, whatever it is, always have a dashboard. You know, you need to know your numbers. So the biggest win that you'll get with your financial program is to make sure that you've sat down with your accountant or your bookkeeper and designed a dashboard that is going to help you at a glance. So you've got no excuse, but every morning or, you know, how often that is for you, you can log in and go, this is exactly where I stand this is my cash flow, this is my invoices outstanding, and this is what I need to do to bring some more cash in. That's it. So entrepreneurs, we're, we're actually jack of all trade, master of none. And if you can't 
if you can't actually pre- uh, forecast and if you don't know where you stand overall in a, in a business, you're in trouble. Uh, been, be, been there, done that, never again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah we've so all have, got that T-shirt, right, don't we? <laughs> so, you know, having that dashboard um, is, I'm agreeing with you 100%, having that dashboard, it actually just show you where the, your business is heading and it's actually helped you um, just make the right decisions in your business. Um, let's talk about another tool, uh, if you can share with us. Is there a... a, a a technology or a tool you can use in marketing to save time? I'm big on content creation. So for me, um, you know, for a while there, I was a, a HubSpot partner. And one of the things I really love about the HubSpot model is a little bit like Content Inc. Have you read the book? If you've read the book Content Inc., um, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's being able to produce a lot of content that answers the questions of your clients at whatever stage of the journey that they're at. So whether they're just looking, interested, ready to buy, you know, converted, whatever. But instead of thinking of, you know, productivity and marketing as a funnel, I now think of it as a circular thing because people are always going around and around and around, you know, needing more information. So if if I think about productivity and increasing productivity from a marketing sense, mine's always you know, how can I be creating better content that's answering those questions that's going to save me a bunch of time, you know, on the phone or in face-to-face meetings when I can just flick a video, flick a podcast, flick a, a blog for people to read, flick my book. So I've, I've been playing around with one and I'm really excited about it. I'm actually looking to become an ambassador for it. So it's called a program called Topic Buddy. What it does is it connects into your website and to your Google Analytics and blah, 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 but it actually gives you insights into what people are searching for Mm. and what else they've looked for when they've either gone past your page on a search and gone to someone else's um, or what are the questions surrounding that? So if you can imagine, you know, just getting a list, a data stream of, you know, here's what your ideal clients are actually searching for. Now go and create that content. You know, that's going to save you a bunch of time. So Topic Buddy has been a real uh, game changer that I've been playing around with. The other one that I'm really liking, um, I'm starting to play a lot around with YouTube, world's second largest search engine. We should all be playing around with YouTube. But they're just starting to roll out a new analytics tool in YouTube, which I'm really liking, and that's um, audience research. So, again, it's a similar thing. It's telling us the keywords that people are searching for to find our content and the keywords that aren't being met. And YouTube's ranking them from a low to high priority. So if it's a high priority and it's not being met, Sanjay, go create that content, you know, because YouTube's saying people are looking for it. So YouTube um, and Topic Buddy, the other one is Byte Play, which is, is a plugin that goes with YouTube and it does a similar thing. It, it goes out, crawls YouTube and looks for content that you can be creating. So while that probably sounds counterintuitive that I'm saying go and create more content when we're trying to be, you know, increase our productivity, in the long run, if you've got, content there that is answering the questions that people are looking for it's going to save you a bunch of time off the back end i'm just reflecting on what you're saying i'm i'm totally agreeing with you it's the the it's it's very interesting and 
very funny people actually just creating content that actually hit nowhere mm. um and um what you said before is so true you can use content to answer frequently asked questions from your clients and if some if someone asks the same question as a you know rather than just trying to answer that question you can actually send a link to them that will save time for uh, for the for the employer and and there's and also automation uh, automation tools and all all mm. sort of things if you're using those ones in content creation um that's what content creation is all about. It's not just 100%. posting, not posting something out there and just um, hope for the best, you know. Um, so no, that's great. Now let's um, let let me get uh, your thoughts on another. If you can uh, drop a couple of tools about a, a marketing tool where it add value to a product or a service. This is well, I had to say this is. Uh, this conversation is not planned, so we probably need <laughs> we need to take time. We probably take a little bit of time to get our head around. But look, um, is there anything pop up in your um, head? Just you know, a couple of tools to add value to a to a product or a service, a marketing tool. If that, if I asked the right, uh, I hope I asked the question right. But so, do you mean in terms of being able to help people understand your product? Better. That's, that's correct. There you go. Yeah. So you okay. are you you actually just got the question and the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, that I hate saying it depends because it seems like such a political answer, right? But it really depends on your industry and what it is that you're selling. If it's a product or if it's a service, I think, and and my big thing is we should all be creating more video and audio right now. So. For me, my day-to-day job is helping people leverage and understand technology, right? So anytime I come across something or someone says to me, hey, how do you find that tool in YouTube that you were just talking about? I'll go and create a quick, here's how you find it, here's how you use it video. Mm. I'll throw it up on YouTube and then that's there to send people. Now, what does that do? A, it answers the question for a lot of people, but B, when people are going, oh, how do I understand what I don't get what it is that you actually do? I can direct them to, you know, a handful of videos or to my YouTube channel or to a blog again or whatever and go, well, here's, you know, five ways Mm -hmm. that my product or service is going to fit in with what you're looking to achieve and it's actually going to make your life better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So thank you for asking the question and answering the the question. So thank you. Um, Now, uh, well, probably uh, again, is there any tools people commonly use or you would recommend to build your brand? Like, is there any generic tools out there um, help you build your brand? Uh, I don't know about tools per se. I think the biggest thing that builds your brand is consistency, mm-hmm. consistency and authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, people got really sick during COVID of automated bot style emails dear insert first name we hope you're doing okay during these trying times you know like kill me now I just I was unsubscribing left right and center from people that I was suddenly hearing from that were concerned about my welfare (laughs) so really I think when you're looking to build a brand it's consistency and authenticity let the people know who you are behind the brand. So who's Sanjay behind Business on Track? 
What does he like? What does he do? What does he get up to? Let me understand your personality. A lot of the stuff that I talk about when I talk with my clients is riddled with 80s and 90s pop culture references. You know, I'll often use Simpsons analogies to help people understand what it is I'm trying to say, because most of the clients I work with are a similar age to me. So, you know, we get the Ghostbuster references. We get the, you know, that's our that's our happy place, you know, take yeah. us back to the 80s and we're, we're gold. So that allows people to kind of see that, okay, I'm, I'm kind of quirky, you know, I dig the retro stuff. I'm happy to be labelled a geek. So that says more about, you know, if you're someone that's coming in as a white-collar C-suite manager in a corporate environment that expects me to be turning up, you know, in five-inch stilettos and, you know, suited and booted, I'm not your person. So it cuts out and it makes those conversations really quite binary, you know. Do I want to work with this person? Yes, no. I don't need to work with everyone, nor do you. We just want to find the people that go, hey, I dig what this Sanjay is about. I want to get to know yeah. how his business can help. That's it. I think people actually just very generic about who they're helping. They, they think they can help everybody. I think that's the biggest mistake you can ever make. Like, Absolutely. Um, There's and- an old marketing saying, right, if you're talking to everyone, no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, look, uh, again, Reflecting on what you said, um, I believe I, I was curious to see if there's a, a tool that sort of th- uh, that because you're in that space. But 100%, I, I agree with you with building a brand is is consistency and also being authentic about things and also being out there. Um, someone actually asked me the other day, um, so how, how are you going to help me to get my point of difference? I'm like, it's you. Point of difference is you. So, so if you have paying clients, they've seen something um, in you. So, what you want to do with um, point of difference is to highlight that more. And if you don't know what it is, just ask your client, "Why did you come to me?" And then highlight that fact, and that's your point of difference. Um, thank you, Tracy. Now, I have another question for you. Um, so, what do you? Why do you think people actually hold? back holding back uh, not using this technology and just you know stick with their old ways of pen and paper yeah there's a few really big things and it was interesting zero did some really good research on this last year and you know they i think they interviewed over four and a half thousand people um, through australia new zealand singapore a um, couple of other countries can't remember us uk i think it was And what they discovered is exactly what I see day-to-day with my clients. Three big things, choice paralysis, sunk cost, and the hassle factor. So choice paralysis comes down to, and you know this yourself, you go, okay, I want a new productivity tool. My to-do list is out of control. I need something that can rein in my to-do list. So you go searching on the web for to-do lists. And, you know, suddenly you're bombarded with 50 different options that all promise to change the world for you. And you go, oh, my Lord, this is too hard. I just, I, you know, I'm already overwhelmed. I don't have the time to go and figure this thing out, so I'm not going to do it. Mm. So number one, choice paralysis, hands down. Number two is sunk cost. There are people, and I liken this to relationships. You know, we're old enough now that we've all been in a relationship where we kind of know it's not going anywhere, <laughs> but you also go, 
I've invested two years, three years, five years, <laughs> whatever it is, into this thing. Like, I'm just going to give it another go. You know, we need to be quick to kill tech that's not working in our business and move on. Don't keep flogging a dead horse thinking that, you know, suddenly it's going to turn into this thing that's going to be the saviour of the business. So sunk cost is a huge one. And the other one is the hassle factor. You know, tech takes time. You need to get your team rallied around and make sure that they're psyched about putting this thing in place. You need to invest time to move whatever you've got into this new system and understand how it works. And often, again, because we're juggling so many balls, we just go, "Mm, don't have time right now. So I'll put that thing over there and I'll deal with it later. And it never gets dealt with. So they're they're probably the three big reasons I see that people don't invest enough time, money or energy in tech. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Now, just uh, it's very funny what you said before. It's... um, Human nature, I mean, we're doing business and we're, we're actually selling to a, to a human being at the end of the day. It's not a, to a company, it's actually to a human being. So if you understand human behavior and if you understand generally life, you know, it's very easy to understand why someone's actually not making the decisions. Like we go through relationships, we, uh, you know, we drive our car and I can relate all these things into business and I can understand how business actually move um, going forward. It's, it's very interesting. If you, whenever I, when I, whenever I'm actually stuck, I just sit back and think as a human being and say, say, all right, um, this is another situation. You know, what would I do in in my personal life? If I, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just off trap off topic, but um, you, you were, I know every time I see you on the forums and when you, whenever you talk, you actually just bring all authentic or, or, or simple examples into, uh, into, into uh, these conversations and you explain things. I love that. Um, now, I have another question for you. Uh, Business Tech Club. I heard about it, but I don't know much about it. Maybe it's a good time for us to um, get to know a little bit more about this Business Tech Club. Yeah, sure. So the Small Business Tech Club started because I was having the same conversation with people over and over again. So here's here's one of my pop culture references. Do you remember the the Bill Murray film um, Groundhog Day? You know where he lives the same day over and over and over. Ah, again. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I was having these same conversations with people over and over and over again, and. I've trained thousands of people across the country. I've been an advisor for the federal government. The questions and the comments were always the same. So I went, you know what? We can create a club, a membership, a place where small business owners can come and learn together Mm. because being in small business is really lonely, yeah, and you try and do this stuff by yourself and everything's going to derail you. It's going to, you know, it takes too long, all of that stuff. But if you're in an environment where you know you've got a group of other people that are all striving to achieve the same thing, then you're far more likely to hold yourself to account because you know that when you turn up to next week's session, Sanjay is going to be going, so how'd you go with that thing last week, Tracy? And I don't want to go, I'm going to get it done, you know, so... There's a bit of that accountability built into it. So basically what I did is 
because I've been doing this since Moses was playing fullback, you know, <laughs> since 1990, I've developed a really cool bunch of experts in their fields around technology. So everything from marketing, I've got one of the world leading SEO experts, I've got Australia's number one small business author, I've got Australia's lead Facebook trainer, you know, we've got these really core people that can absolutely change business. Every month, we do three hours of face to face virtual content. It's a masterclass. It's a Q&A session and it's an Ask Anything Digital. So the guys get to come in and learn from the experts. So we've just uh, had a session this month on um, Instagram. So they've learned, you know, the current trends for 2022 on Instagram and what they need to be thinking about and what they need to be doing. They've had two weeks to go away and implement the, the learnings. And now we're getting back together today to do a Q&A on, all right, how did you find that? What have you done? What were your hurdles? All that kind of stuff. And we track their progress month to month. So that's the tech club in essence. It's built inside a portal so they can log in and review past webinars at any time. There's a bunch of other resources. I've got about 100 hours of, you know, other webinars. There's checklists, there's templates, there's a podcast, there's news articles. It's just the whole little community designed to take people from, I know tech is something I need to be doing to actually implementing and watching changes happen in the business. And it all revolves around more money, more time, more leads. That's it. So that's, uh, that's actually uh, another great point. When I used to work full-time, when I, I remember the first time I thought to myself, I'm going to fire my boss. I've become my own boss. I lost a few things. I just uh, didn't realize that till um, for, for a while, actually. Your accountability taking action and also there's no one to compliment you going yeah well done there's no there's no um after that you feel very left alone and then uh, then and all of a sudden you don't enjoy doing business and that happens to me and then i actually took uh, took control of that and i start building all these collaborations and start Mm -hmm. building all these little communities it just that's when i start to have fun again doing business it's um you know, you know, having this uh, business tech clubs, uh, having these sort of collaborations and all these things, all business people need to understand there is a massive value in that. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's crazy to think that you can actually do this by yourself and mm. be alone. So, Well, you can, but it's going to take you a lot more hours. You're going to spend a lot more money and you're going to go down a lot of dead ends and have to reverse out. You know, all, all I'm saying, all you're saying is take the shortcut. Yeah, you know, pretty, we've, pretty we've done the wrong stuff. Yeah. Now come and, and figure out how to, you know, save yourself hundreds of hours, thousands of dollars and, you know, and make life a lot easier on yourself. And also enjoy doing business. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, there's no point of doing business if you don't, if you don't, don't have fun doing it. Yeah. Okay. Now, next question, where, I feel like a school, going back to school, next question. Um <laughs> Now, look, what's wrong with you? Why did you start a business? What's wrong with me? That's a nice way to lead. What's wrong with you, Tracy? What's wrong with you, Tracy? Where do I start, Sanjay? Have you got a couch? What's wrong with you? Why did you start a business? It's not easy. Why are you doing business? Why are you still smiling? Uh, I'm a a shite employee. Is that? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, I, I, so I grew up, 
the child of self-employed parents. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. So I grew up behind the counter of a, a little general store in regional Australia. Um, I knew by the time I was five that I wanted to be my own boss because I liked that my mom and dad set their own hours. I liked that they worked together. Mm-hmm. I liked that we were always a family unit. So when I started my career, it was always a bit selfish, but it was always what else can I learn? What else do I need to know so I can run my own business? I knew that mum and dad always had a good accountant and I knew that they had a solicitor to do contracts and stuff like that. So I thought not going to be an accountant, not going to, you know, go down the legal route, but if I can sell and I can market myself, I can find the other people that are going to, you know, set the business up. So my whole career was learning about sales and marketing. So I literally jumped from position to position roughly every 18 months because I felt like I'd absorbed as much as I could from that company and I needed to move on. So I did everything from, you know, being mentored by Jerry Harvey um, and opening up Harvey Norman Computer Superstores in Melbourne um, back in 1993. So, I, you know, I did that for five years, learn about end caps, learn about, you know, retail selling, learn about how to market a physical product, how to put a catalogue together, how to, you know, work with suppliers. I went and learned copywriting and worked at a radio station for a while. So I learned on-air production, um, copywriting, ad copy, advertising placement. Then I worked, went to TV and learned the same thing from TV. I... um, worked as a project manager inside of Telstra and launched products and built learning and development training modules for retail channels. So I was launched, I launched the iPhone and I launched SMS technology for Optus. So I was constantly kind of bouncing around going, okay, I know that now, I know that now, I know that now. They reached a point and it was after a big project had completed that I was just burnt out. You know, I was living out of a suitcase. I was traveling so much. I just went, you know what? I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. Um, I took six months off and I watched so much daytime TV that my friends were actually contacting my now husband going, I'm really worried about Tracy. You, you, we need to find her something to do. Um, and then a coffee business of all things stumbled across our kind of radar and my hubby and I started a coffee business. Uh, that was in 2008 on April Fool's Day, 2009 maybe, on April Fool's Day, and we built that to be Australia, um, Queensland's number one corporate wholesaler. So we identified a niche in the market, went after that, owned that, sold it after 10 years, and, you know, I'd got bored way before then and given that business to my hubby. But, um, you know, kind of a long-winded way to say that um, I was a shite employee and, and knew that I needed to be out on my own. That's, um, I'm smiling because it, I think it's sort of the, the path a lot of entrepreneurs go through. Like if, if someone doesn't stay in one particular, one job for a while, it's nothing wrong with them. They it's you know i think they're more suited to be business people because i've i've noticed in uh, i'm listening to your story and i'm going my story's been similar like i i just go work somewhere and i really enjoy when i'm actually working there but 
then after a while, I don't last anywhere more than 18 months or two years. You get years. bored. I, I get, right. I, I, but I, I actually do it and just go, hey, there's nothing much here now. Let's move on to the next one. And sometimes I actually end up just doing totally different jobs. But I absorb everything I can from that. And then after two years, I'm like, oh, I need to move on. Now, yeah. when, he, when and I came into business, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's hard, but it's exciting. I have something to think about all the time. And you're so, never doing the same thing as no, a business owner. You know, that's, that's the other thing. I have ADD, so I'm always looking for the next bright, shiny thing. <laughs> so on any given day as a business owner, you know, you're doing one thing in the morning by lunch, you're, you know, in a different mindset and by the afternoon you're working on something different. So I like that it's always changing and challenging. Yeah, beautiful. Now, so there's not much support in school systems most around the world i mean not just uh, in education in in australia like around the world there's not much support for uh, for someone to start a business mm -hmm. after they finish their high school studies i i, I realized most of the soft skills i i needed to learn i learned after i left school mm. it's um just by doing things and getting them wrong mm. you know what sort of soft skills you you would recommend a young person who's listening to this you would like to recommend to learn you know self-learn learn this stuff because you're never going to learn these things from school so learn this one on your own time what would you like to tell someone i would like to see a generation of critical thinkers mm. You know, and that's definitely not a skill that we're taught at school. You're not encouraged to think for yourself. You're not encouraged to research. Um, and I mean proper research, not just type a key phrase into YouTube and now you're an expert. You know, I'm talking about learning how to really research um, because it's a skill we need as business owners, you know, and it's a skill I think we've lost as humans too. You know, we're just fed information now through the media and socials and you know, that we just take that for granted, that we don't step outside and go, well, what's what's the opposing view and what? how does that research and what does that look like? We're not challenging ourselves anymore. So definitely it's critical thinking. The other one I think is, is the art, and it probably goes hand in hand, the art of being able to question and interview someone. Because as business owners, you know, the, the biggest skill that we have is getting to know our clients. Yeah. And really, for me, that's an interview. You know, I'm a naturally curious person by nature. So, you know, my friends and my family always used to kind of joke that I would play 20 questions with someone because when I meet them, I'm like, so tell me your life story. How did you get involved in that? What makes you, you know, I want to know this stuff. But I tell you what, it builds rapport and it builds those really strong relationships with your clients mm. that you know what you can help them with, you know where you can take their business and you know what you can't. So you know your limitations and you're prepared to kind of, well, I am prepared to say to them, you know what, Sanjay, I'm not the right fit for that for you, but I'm going to introduce you to someone and I know they're going to take care of you. So let me, let me do that. So again, you know, the questioning skill, if you've got that, it makes you a great employee, it makes you a great friend, it makes you a great daughter, being, husband, right? father. And a human being. And a Absolutely. Great human being. So Absolutely. And we're not taught that at school. You yeah. know, we're taught to sit down, shut up and recite the periodic table. It's just, um, I think it's 
the school systems are breeding followers, not leaders, mm. not people actually taking charge of their life. So it's sad, but um, but you know, you've done it, I've done it. If you if you see that's actually wrong and if you want to change it, um, I mean there's always the world we're living in, we can always go out there and look for it. So I, I think, think the closest they have, you know, and I was reflecting on this when you asked that is at school, I would look talk about geek. I'm going to out myself here. I was on the school debating team. Oh, and I think, and I was also in the in the drama kind of and on the school newsletter. So I think those things always kind of rise to the surface. If you're naturally curious or you're perhaps naturally argumentative or whatever, you'll find the debate team or you'll find the newsletter or you'll find the drama club. Mm-hmm. And it's about kind of tapping into to those those things that light you up and I think that's something else that the school system does is it doesn't encourage you to follow that that thing you know that those sparks those embers of curiosity you know that's kind of doused where if you're a naturally argumentative person in in classroom how good would it be if the teacher went Sanjay I want you to join the debating team because you know what you have a really good knack at you know, pulling apart an argument. And I want you to to follow that because it's a really good skill. Excellent. <laughs> now, um, what's coming up, Tracy? What's new? What's happening in your side of the world? I know, I know it's a lot. I can see from your eyes going, yeah, a lot. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just going like, when's this coming out? Um, well, so the, the book is doing really well. So I was really lucky that it took out um, Business Book of the Year and Best Technology Book for the Australian Business Book Awards. So that's still kind of momentum is growing with that, which is great. Um, getting some really good PR off the back. So I'm starting to do a lot with Koshi's Business Builders. So I'm doing regular tips. So if you're a follower of Koshi's Business Builders, the TV show, um, you'll see me doing regular tips on that and I'm co-hosting an episode um, yeah, I wasn't before, but I am now. You are now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so really what's coming up is it's it's more media. It's more getting the message out, you know, like what you do. This is not just a business for me. This is a mission. You know, there's too many small business owners that are holding back when it comes to tech. And we're going to see far too many of them close their doors in the next two to five years if they don't start to embrace it. I don't want that to happen. I'm particularly passionate about regional Australia. So for me, this is a mission. I'm I'm propelled to keep going out there and keep talking to people and keep helping them understand. So whether that's working with councils or corporates delivering workshops or the Small Business Tech Club or the book or whatever it is, you know, you're not going to shut me up now. This is, I'm I'm out there (laughs) trying to get people to embrace tech. It's a mission. It's not a business anymore. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> um, so, Tracy, um, I'd love to talk to you for, a, you know, any given day, but um, I'm pretty sure you have um, other things you have lined up. So where can we find you um, if someone wants to reach out and, um, you know, reach out to you and find you? Where can we find you? Yeah, so if you Google the digital guide, um, that'll pretty much take you, you know, everywhere you need to go. So the digitalguide.com.au, you'll find me on LinkedIn at the digital guide or Tracy Sheen. You'll find me on Facebook at the digital guide. You'll find me on Instagram at, you know, I'm just the digital guide. So Google that and you'll find, you'll find me. 
drop me an email, connect with me. Happy to have a chat at any time and, and love to hear what, uh, you know, what you're up to and what you're doing and what your mission is because we all have little missions as small business owners and I think it's really cool to connect and see how our, our worlds collide. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much. Look, I'm pretty sure we will catch up one uh, again and again. And um, thank you so much for, for sharing this with, with everyone. And you have a lovely day. Thanks, Sanjay. Thank you for listening to the Business on Track podcast. Our aim is to inspire entrepreneurs in finding the right balance that helps them grow through the strategic market. You can find out more about how Business on Track can help you by visiting our LinkedIn page or by visiting our website, businessontrack.com.au.